All right, but yeah, man, it's Sleepwalker Radio. To you, uh, hey. watching Super Turn. I'm here with Charles Steele. I'm Charles Steele. How are you feeling? I'm feeling it's cold as fuck. It's freezing. It's it's freezing. You know they they can't they can't. You know it's like you can't hear it coming down. I make the song cry type shit. Like y'all gotta feel how brick it is. Like it it was 15 degrees today. I left Newark, New Jersey, which is a place you should never be. Uh, it was at Newark Penn Station at 5.30 in the morning, 15 degrees type shit. Damn. To come back to Philadelphia, another place you should never be. So it's like, <laughs> <laughs> just you went from Hades to hell type shit. You feel me? So, the, um, And then That's went to work. It. And then no, like yeah. a bunch of kids were absent from school because it was cold as fuck. Like we had a... It was, Did they delay y'all? It was just works at a school. I do. Yeah. You know I mean, RBT. When they basically, like, if a kid's doing something, they don't want them to do it, I'll be like, hey, yo, don't do that. What you doing? That's like my the, job. You the enforcer. They call, yo, <laughs> it's this one kid. He's really funny. Um, He calls me the handler. The That's like my nickname at the school. <laughs> like I'll just walk into a class and be like, "Oh, it's the handler." I'm like, all right, okay, bro. He's a really talented kid, bro. I'm gonna be working for him one day. So, Mine, this is a, this is a performing arts school. He uh last what? last year he uh made a whole reality show. You know that show, Baddies. Yeah, definitely. He made a Baddies for the school. Original. Like a parody version of Baddies. Hey, yeah, he was just shooting on iPhones and stuff and editing himself. Yeah. And then was filming. But then they, like, they were skipping class to film it. They was cursing people out. They was threatening teachers. and Because then, then, like, once you tell a kid to just, like, all right, I'm going to act wild. Like, yeah, it's you, wild out, yeah. So then they were just saying the most wild things because they're, like, 14. Right. You know, on camera. And, like, now we're in an era where it's just, like, say the wildest shit and be famous. So, yeah, they talking about they're going to beat up teachers and shit. They were like, you can't say this. They're like, no, 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 no. This is for the video. So, But then he put it on Patreon. I was like, this nigga's a mogul, wow, bro. Wow, He threw that shit on Patreon. On Patreon. Yo, shout out to the youth. The children of the future. They really are. They're super advanced. Damn. Yeah, no, it's getting, it's getting super turned. That's that stud right? love. That's what I want. It's good they're they're showing this on camera, you know, putting that out there. Yeah, this is inclusive. Exactly, exactly. But yeah, so you're originally from Philly. What uh, what part? All right, so all right, so my family, um, from like 19th for Lehigh. Mm-hmm. Um, I was living in a Strawberry Mansion, and see, I paused because I was like, should I say this? I'm type of thing. I'm gonna just say. All right, so I was living in. Someone in my family's, I won't say who, but like they're like mistress's house. Oh, word. Who had like passed away. And then like, like we just had the crib. So, because <laughs> someone in my family was a thorough nigga and then just bought his mistress. That's back in the day. That also tells you a lot about inflation that you could just buy your mistress a house, house too. Yeah. You had, because the family was taking care. He took care of his family, raised his family. But also, just she had the mistress too, yeah. So yeah, we had that crib too. So that's where I lived for the uh, first couple years. But my mom, my dad, it wasn't for them. Let me grow up in Charlotte. Uh, so I grew up in uh, like Northeast. I grew up around like Northeast High School. Got you. What was it like growing up, like in Northeast? Um, I come from a very like 
very like actually diverse not in the way that people are like there's three black people here yeah but it's like pretty evenly mixed of like all right it's like 30 percent black it's like 30 percent white and then it's just like a mix of like a bunch it's very hot like big immigrant community so it's like a lot of ukrainian people it was a lot of people from all over the middle east and stuff um like i said a lot of eastern europe just everywhere like southeast asians like um, I mean, I remember we was in school, like we was fighting the Iraq war, and then just some girl from Iraq was in a in a class. It was like, Damn. "Hey, yo, welcome. Sorry about that type shit." Like, yeah. So, yeah. I think it, it definitely gave me a different perspective on people because it was like I really didn't see people as that different growing up. Because it was just like, yeah, I had friends who were like from all over. I had like white friends who didn't speak English and shit, like. That's going. You you're not gonna look at white people the same yeah. way. You mean <laughs> this nigga just show up one day from Albania, just like my name's Kevin. That's all he can say. <laughs> my name's Kevin. He learned English. Watching a white person learn English is so crazy. That's a good question. That's just to communicate with other people that only speak English. Cause he can't, a lot of people only speak English. Because if you're in America and you, you're a white person you don't speak English, you can't access whiteness. Facts. Like, to the same degree. You, you don't. Like, yeah, you mean? Typical white person. You might not get shot by the police at first. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just if they see you walking by. But, you know. Because <laughs> weren't they beefing with like the Polish people at first when they were first coming to America? Are you on some games in New York? <laughs> <laughs> I ain't taking it back that far. I was talking about 2006. Like, oh, I, don't, yeah, I don't know about right, all that. Right, right. But there's, there's a history there. I just know Albania's got the coolest flags. I fucking do I don't even know what the Albanian flag looks like. What, you should Google that shit. That shit is hard as fuck. No. I'm trying to think if there's a better flag. I really don't think there is. Wow. Ain't that shit fire? <laughs> yeah, right. It's fine. That looked like if you was a superhero, yeah. we would be on your suit and shit. No. Like that shit a, hard. Like an alternative rock album cover. Yeah. Isn't there's that's nothing a, even really to say about black. that? I'm just shouts to whoever made yeah. that. They Betsy Ross, like whatever. So that's probably the best flag, yeah. I was gonna say Japan's Japanese is hard. Flag, I guess Japan's hard. It's like the simplicity of it. Right. He's just talking about it's flags. Like, <laughs> it's iconic, right? It's I get on tangents, nigga. Got it. What's good with this flag? Is this the same as like the? Because I think Japanese that was the one flag? they had during the World War Two. They had to change it up because they was like that's that's kind of like it's kind of a no go now. Yeah, that was like the Imperial Imperial Army type shit. Don't quote me on nothing. I half remember that shit. Oh yeah, pre World War Two flags. Yeah. We gonna have to change our uh, flag up in a couple years. <laughs> Nah, After this yo, shit, yo, yo, yeah, we're, we're due. We're due for a flag change up. Yeah, nice little rebrand. Significant yo. rebrand. Can you imagine the PR company that gets the gig to rebrand America? <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be dope. Well, um, I know you as like, or I met you through my man Stante, kind of as a comedian. And so I was curious, when did you start? Doing um. So I doing comedy. Well, the first time I tried it, I was in high school, mm-hmm. like junior year of high school or whatever. 
Um, the scene was a lot different because it wasn't as many, just like comedians around, wasn't as many places to go. Also, I couldn't really go to most of them because I was like way underage. Like I was 16 and looked 12. So it was like, gotcha. Gotcha. I wasn't like no fucking bouncer was letting me pass. So I would only get up like one place, like once a week if I went. Mm-hmm. And then for a couple years, like I would like take long breaks and shit. Uh, you know, so it's been, it's about to be 10 years next month. Stamp. That's exciting. From me first trying it, but you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like I've, really took it like as seriously as I should be taking it like the last like four years. Facts. Yeah. Was there like a specific event or reason that got you into like trying out stand up for the first time? Yeah. Um it was I was I was at Bankit. Niggas. You was at Bank for real? Yeah, I really was at I was a uh Marshall Bankit. I was a drumline. So stamp. I went uh, you was a drumline? No, no, no. I said stamp, like weird. Oh, stamp. Yeah. That's some DC shit or I just don't. It's some DC shit. Okay, I bet. You know, um, yeah, just think of stamp that. <laughs> yeah, stamp that. The, uh, no, um, I was going to new school. So the first day at like band camp, they, because it was like, um, I was moving out of, that's the one year, it's the only year in my life I've lived outside of Philly. So that was like the suburbs and shit. Mm-hmm. So they like really went to camp for their band. Like we was in a parking lot in the hot sun for a week. Right. <laughs> Just like on the asphalt, just like run these fucking drills, you know, over yeah, and over and yeah. over. And but they like went to a camp Actual camp, so camp, we was like yeah. we got on a bus for like hours to go to camp. So I just sat in the back of the bus, back of the bus with all these white people. Damn, I wouldn't have did that today, bro. I would have stood my ground today, but that's what I did at the time. I was in the in the way in the back, and I just went to sleep. Mm. Um, and I ain't like talk to nobody. I ain't know anybody. Um. And then we went to the mess hall, the campground or whatever. Yeah. And they they were like, oh, you got to introduce everybody new has to introduce himself. So I went up in front of everybody. It was like 200 people. And it's like, nah, it was a joke now. But at the time I was, I was like, uh, hi, my name is uh, Charles Steele. And I'm an alcoholic. Everybody just started dying. Because nobody's expecting yeah, me to tell a joke. Like, when you're not expecting a joke. Yeah. So no, that would have that would have killed me if I was sixteen. Yeah, exactly. It was a bunch of high schoolers and their parents and shit, and, and like, you know, a bunch of nerds too. You yeah, know, it was yeah. nerds. So niggas was niggas was hey, everybody laid out and it's a it's a big room. So I was like, yeah. whoa, whoa. And you you start feeling the laughter. So I was like, oh, I want to do that again. So they were having a, a talent show at band camp, but um, I bet you I was gonna do stand up. Yeah. But I was like trying to also trying to learn the show so I didn't have yeah, time yeah. to like work on my act. I was like my material's not ready at all. Man. But then I moved back to Philly the next year. There wasn't nowhere to really perform like that out there, but mm-hmm. um when I moved to Philly back the next year, try to stand up and just uh just been doing it. Now next month I'm gonna be uh filming a little a little John show. Yeah, yeah. So you're right now in the middle of like a event series where you're working on a, a half half hour. Yes, yes, right? yes. I'm trying to. You mean I? I ain't too too ambitious to think that you know I would not to fill an hour right now. But I mean, I've already done two so far um, as we speak. Mm-hmm. So I did a half hour on both of those. Um, like especially like the one last week one. Yeah, it's been going really well. well. So, 
Yeah, it was a nice show. The last one was a veganist upstairs. And it was Chai veganish. Chai veganish. Black owned. Had mm. very good food. Like, no had the front. Sometimes you say black owned, and then it's like the shit not good, but you got to just be like, yo, support black people. But no, it's like actually you, you would go there anyway because the food's that good. So fuck with uh, veganish. They got a joint in West Philly. And then on Spring Garden, 15th of Spring Garden, come there every Friday. I'm yeah. doing my show unless I stop doing my show when you watch this. I might have. Yeah, you got like a residency at Veganish at this point. Yeah. I like how you said that. Yeah. I got a residency. I was just like, oh, I got a little book. You know, show. Because it's once a show. week every Friday. And that, you've been doing that since like October. Like, October. Yeah. yeah. You know, so me and, me and my man Frank Nebula, we work out shit. Frank right now, he's he's doing, uh, he's about to do 25 at uh, uh, Punchline. He's doing his shit tonight, and then he's opening for Sam J this weekend and stuff. Oh, that's lit. I don't know why am I plugging the show? They, it's going to be too late for them to have seen it. Shout out Sam J, though. Shout out my yeah. man, Franklin. And then you're doing the event series with Brandon Mitchell right now, the one you're in right now. Because me, me and Brandon, he's another person. He's one of the few people I really go back mm-hmm. that far with because we both started around 10 years ago. Um and Brandon's got some fire shit he's working on, and he's been talking about um his false arrest because he live out in the burbs mm-hmm. and he has dreads. So some nigga like did some crimes. He had dreads. They just Chill. they just so pull him into the station. Yeah. On some like old school, just like I round up all the black people in town type shit. So um, he's talking about that this this week. We're at uh, Vox Populi. Um, and it's going to go to the, the Philadelphia Bail Fund. So, you know, he's going to talk about his false arrest. And it's going to free some niggas. Yeah. With his joke. If they buy tickets. Because right now, as I speak, we're at two tickets sold. So, niggas really. Hey, that's how it goes. That's, niggas need to, need to cop. I thought, I'm like, all right, with well, the one that's for the Bail Fund, niggas just out of guilt will come to that one. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. But I think I had to, I, I had to change the name. <laughs> Today on Eventbrite, because mm-hmm. before it said Mitchell and Steel Comedy Show and Bail Fund Fundraiser, mm-hmm. and then I changed it today to like Mitchell and Steel like at Philly, Philly Bailout, you know, benefit yeah. show or whatever, because I feel like it made it seem like the show was to free us, like, <laughs> it made it sound like we locked yeah. up, like, specifically to free me, like, it's my wanted yeah. poster on the, on the event poster. So I just wanted to clarify things for niggas. Like we're just, they're like, well, what did Charles do? Like I didn't even know he's locked up. Like damn, free bro. But no, like I, I'm performing and we're going to give the money away. But it's just gonna be so anticlimactic if I'm like so high and mighty. Like yo, you know, we doing this one for the community. You know, da 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 da. And then like ten people come and like bells be high. That's not even gonna free one person. <laughs> <laughs> That's like you, nah, you, still, you stole a Snickers. Up. Like people don't buy. At least I found like throwing shows in Philly. Most of the shows I've thrown, the vast majority of people like just show up there to the show. That they don't I mean, takes in advance. It's you know it's the poorest big city. So yeah, niggas get that check on Friday. They Kill. they show up to your show yeah, on Friday yeah. with that. Here go the ten dollars <laughs> you was talking about. I ain't have it on Wednesday. I was, yeah. I saw the page. I saw the little event page. Thought you was locked up, nigga. You out? You out already? We still gonna do the show? So you're in a band. You played the drums growing up. Did you play any other instruments? Um, yeah. Um, I took piano lessons for. Wait, why did I get on stage? (laughs) Just 
I was just like, yes, yes. Uh, you know, earlier in my career, you know, I was a pianist. You know, I was like 11. I took some piano lessons. Uh, this old creepy white guy. Tight white dude was like, you kept waiting for him to molest you. But it never happened. He was just a nice dude. Like uh, with Mr. Pewterschmidt? Yeah. yeah. But I guess you knew he was trying to molest you. Yeah, but he, no, he wasn't trying to molest me. He was That's good. He wasn't. He really just wanted me to learn, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was like a, it was like a, you know, music shop. She would go back in the little practice room, but he, when I would go, I feel like he was the only one there. Like, it wouldn't be when it was open. It would be when it was closed. And he would just be the only one there. It really do, like, now that I think back on it, I'm like, am I repressing some memories? Do I have some, like, memories I need to unearth? Like, I might need to go back to therapy. But I don't think he touched me, bro. I think he really just wanted me yeah. to learn chopsticks. Like it wasn't even about that. That's that's good. I don't. I I don't. I hope he didn't touch you. Yeah, I don't think he did. I feel like he didn't. Man, but that's. They just cool. get touched. They get touched, bro. At least I learned like my talent. Like I learned. I learned. Uh, don't mean a thing on the piano because I was very into like swing jazz when I was like I don't know. You was probably listening to like Soldier Boy or something, but at the time. I was more into like Duke Ellington and Dizzy Gillespie and all these, you know, Word. people. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, like the, the school talent show, I was just like playing the piano and singing, don't mean a thing. And um, yeah, niggas used to, niggas, niggas used to roll on me for that. I remember I was walking home with just some nigga. I was like, I'm like, damn, like. This is black music. Niggas, that's the thing, like, if yeah. black music is old enough, yeah. niggas will just act like it's white. Like, nigga, you white for like that. I'm like, these were yeah. all black people. Yeah, and, like, a lot of the music that you listen to now is, like, inspired by them. Or like, had, are they literally directly sampled then? Yeah. Or just, like, seen the swag and, like, repackaged it? Exactly. Nice it's all, it's a continuum of blackness. For sure. Throughout the ages. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. So, we were, like, your top five artists that you're listening to in like the ninth tenth grade because you said you weren't really into i guess more modern music well i guess like because like middle school it was like whatever my parents liked you know because it was just like all right what's on their ipod is like on my ipod yeah so it was like new edition and like um what's the what's the motherfucker with the Arrested Development. Arrested Development, that was my shit. Um, like I said, like Duke Ellington, shit like that. Mm-hmm. Fat Swaller, shit like that. Um, you know, Ella Fitzgerald. Frank Sinatra, that kind of thing. Yeah, like middle school is a lot of like jazz, pop mm-hmm. uh, stuff from the 80s and 90s. And then like high school, that's when I got like introduced to like classic rock and shit. It's all like, Led Zeppelin, Jimi Hendrix, Pink Floyd, fucking just, I was I was really into like the, the Woodstock movie. So everybody who was in that, Sly and Richie Havens and all that, and it's just tough. So it's, uh, you know, my grandma almost went to uh, Woodstock. Really? Yeah, my grandma, she was uh, working for a rich uh, Jewish family. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were like well connected and shit. Because she used to go to like the, the electric factory and stuff. Oh, she said yeah. they like knew the owner. She was like backstage, so and like yeah. saw Jimi Hendrix like backstage. I'm like, That's just fine. randomly watch she making biscuits one day. I get this story. <laughs> I'm like 15. And like, where am I? You never told me this. Like, yeah, that's sick. 
But um, the the kids she was like the nanny of, they wanted to go to Woodstock. They were like in like seventeen or whatever at the time. Yeah. Uh, but they just ended up not going, so she didn't go. But I mean, you could have. She went through a lot of shit like that. Yeah. So said she saw Neil Young perform and all this shit. Damn. She was. She told me she went to Paris. I'm like her. She went to Paris. Granny's in Paris. What the fuck? crazy <laughs> my granny's really in Paris yo and then just said nothing else about it I was like what was Paris like she's like I don't know it's French people there like it just kept making dinner <laughs> like that's funny as shit um, well to pivot back to your comedy yeah. career uh, you say you started taking it serious like about four years ago was that when you came up with look over here or was that before then yeah because all right because i'd only produce i produced like two shows pre-pandemic mm-hmm. um and i felt pre-pandemic i was starting to like ramp up like taking it more seriously like right. i feel like 2000 the end of 2018 in 2019 i was getting serious about it and then the pandemic happened. It's like obviously you just shut a bunch of shit down i performed yeah, like yeah especially times. for stand-up like specifically Right, it's like yeah. you, for the most part, needed to do be indoors. I went to VA and did like a backyard show. Um, that was like it was set up pretty well. Like the dudes who were running it, uh, a couple of them run like some really popular shit in New York. Um, if you're in New York, check out the Shakedown, uh, NYC Shakedown. Um, shouts to them boys or whatever. Um, they do like show in this like loft apartment that's like this huge ass loft apartment that's yeah. really popular and shit like that um anyway I did, they, they had some they had like heat lamp because you know it was like niggas who had a little bit of you mean seemed like they had some money niggas had a lot of heat lamps, heat lamps. i, I wouldn't have, you ain't never been to a charles <laughs> still show we had heat lamps i don't it's not in the budget i'm sorry like <laughs> niggas was really it, it was like you bring your own chair and they had a bunch of heat lamps they had like a stage like in the backyard and Life and shit. It was a good setup. Oh, this is my this is my roommate calling me. I'm locked out, so we, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna take this room. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Yo, yeah. this is how you can tell I grew up with my grandma watching Oprah because this is like the Oprah couch stance. <laughs> so I'm just like, so Tom, tell me what happened with your relationship. Like, you got the Oprah stance going. Got the Oprah hips. <laughs> you gotta have the Oprah stance with the Oprah hips. I gotta I gotta Yo. match. I gotta coordinate. To get back to it, you're talking about look over here, mm-hmm. or just specifically when you start taking oh, yeah, stuff yeah, yeah. more serious. Got you, got um, you. I mean, because it's not like I didn't. Basically, it's just like young niggas was a uh, was young nigga, and you mean yeah. Like I started comedy when I was 16, so from 16 to 21, like my life is really too tumultuous to take comedy serious. So gotcha. it's not like I'm just a lazy bum nigga. Mm-hmm. It was just, you know, just going through shit. As life, as they say, life be life and all that. So, but we're like twenty one or whatever is when I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm really trying to do this shit. Like I've been doing this. I got. It's either you in or you out, and this is a game. So, I mean, so um, after the pandemic, uh, I feel like a lot of shit that, like, that was here, went away. Like, Good Good Comedy Theater was here mm-hmm. and closed. A lot of shows that were happening before stopped. 
Yeah. So it was like, it was kind of like the like a gold rush type shit. Just like who could who was starting shit or whatever. Like what was the like next big shit was going to be. Um, maybe maybe other people don't see. I guess. I don't know if the people were thinking of it that way. I don't think it was that competitive, but yeah, it was just like just kinda you just wanted to start shit, yeah. yeah. So it, you know, get the scene back popping. So, um, yeah, I was just like, I want to make some shit. I did my first show at uh, Philomoka. It was just some niggas I thought was funny, but I think the thing was like I, um, I printed out these like business cards mm-hmm. with the QR code. And I was just at, on like Temple Campus, just handing them out for, but not even uh, handing them out. Yeah, but also like what I found was more effective is not handing them to people because we'll just throw them away later. But being like, oh, this is the last one. Like, can you scan it? And then it goes to the Instagram, and then they follow the Instagram. That's how we got like our first like three hundred followers. Cool. Literally, just every person like was someone I interacted with on the street. Like, yo, follow my page. Yeah, and then. Like, um, had the room mostly sold. Like, it was, um, it was probably, like, 15 away from, like, sold out at Philomoka, the first show. And, um, it was just some, was just, like, it was just a big success, you know. It's like, a lot of fun, whatever. Um, and then, I mean, after that, did a couple more shows and stuff. Was playing around with, like, the formatting and, uh, stuff like how to run it. Learning Mm -hmm. how to, like produce shit and yeah. what what I need, like, you know, just just kinda learn I'm always like I learn by doing with everything. So it's the best way to learn. So yeah, so now I feel like it's so much because the landscape is so different. Like when I started producing shit, it was like there's not that many shows anymore because of the pandemic. Shit's just mm-hmm. starting up. So it was like just having a show was like, oh damn, we can go to a comedy show again. Right. Now it's like there's so much shit happening now. It's like art right, was different about your shit than everything else. Yeah. Or, yeah. So that's why niggas just trying to be different. How did you come up with the name Look Over Here? I feel like that was just like the ethic of it was just like yeah. trying to trying to get attention. One, that's like all stand-up is. It's just a desperate crowd for attention. Mm-hmm. And then just trying to get more attention to the comedy I'm doing and to the the comedy I'm trying to present, like, this is the shit you need to be paying attention to. So. And is it like a... It's like a production company or, like, brand? Or is it like a collective? Like, what exactly is well, it? Well, at the outset, like, I came up with the idea and then I took it to a couple friends of mine for us to co-produce. Yeah. And then I kind of found out that I was like, damn... I can be a little bit of a dictator when it comes to this shit. It's like yeah. the people who's coming up with that. And it's not it's not even necessarily that, you know, it's like, oh, this person has a bad idea, but it's just like that's not what I want this to be. Yeah. And then it's like if you then you'd be like, Well, I'm putting up the money, this is my idea anyway. And it's like I don't even I don't even want to get there. Yeah, to begin. Because it's like these are just my friends and this is just supposed to be a fun thing. Yeah. So let's just have fun. Um so yeah, so kick them niggas. No. <laughs> it was kind of just like a mutual thing of like, all right, like this is more your shit than our shit. So like, yeah. you mean just you know go ahead and do your thing. So, um, yeah. also like people 
it was like different levels of commitment to it. Like, oh, I can only yeah. do this much, and I'm like, so I was like, fuck it, I just, I just kind of took on the mantle. I feel like I'm talking way too serious about all this shit. Nah, I don't, man, I, this is just how I, I, just, I don't know. This is how I talk. But I'm like, so I took on the mantle of my <laughs> independently run comedy shit, local like comedy show, like of a crowd where there's like 50 people. <laughs> like, wait, it was not no. I was, I was not selling out the Apollo Theater. Like, it's not that deep. It's really not that deep. So you're like top two, three shows that you've done so far that you organized. Um. I'm gonna say that first one was very special. Um, it was a good turnout. Um, I did one November of like 2022 that it had some. I think it was like the one of the best lineups I had, if not the best, um, with some of the best talent here. Like, it like it had Tata Sharice on it, my man Brandon, who I'm doing shows with. Mm-hmm. And my friend Ron Metellus who's been on like Z Way, like writes for a bunch of different shows. Cool. Um, who else was on that? Uh, Nancy Pageant, who's like I feel like one of the best joke writers in the city, underrated. Um, yeah, it was it was just a fire ass lineup, and and it was also Frank's uh, birthday. So then at the end of the show, like we surprised him with a cake. Niggas came out on on stage, started saying I'm happy birthday. It was. It was a big, you know, that was at Warehouse on Watts. That was a good one. That sounds great. Um, and then the one I did last year, that was my birthday. Mm-hmm. But I marketed to people widely. It's like Dollar Fest. Like, you pay a dollar to get in. It was like, we had like free pizza. It was a violin trio. Mm-hmm. It was comedy. And then um, we had a DJ. But I ended up having so much shit, nobody stayed for the DJ. Like, we were setting up. We were like, all right, we're going to clear the room out. Like, get ready for the DJ. And this nigga started spinning to nobody. It was crazy. It was just, like, my friends who were there for my birthday at that point. And it was just like, all right, we're just going to go hit the bar. Like, it's like, damn. Yeah. And then you, you, you know. That's how it goes. It was keto, actually. You know keto, right? Big body keto? Potentially. I feel like I've, I've met. Oh, okay. Never mind. Never mind. He, he, I thought you meant. I'm, I'm confusing too well. People. I thought you no. was another nigga with a similar beard. That's true. Um, but yeah, something I noticed about the shows that you grow, and you kind of mentioned it in the last show, the Dollar Fest, like there's a lot of different aspects to it, and it's more of like a variety show approach where you'll have comedians, but also singers, violinists, um, rappers, DJs. Is there a specific reason for that? Um. Yeah, I think that was part of the thing of just, like, Philly comedy was changed, and I was paying attention to what else was going around. I'm just, like, it's a lot of, like, lineups with the same people. Mm-hmm. It's a lot more, like, every time I looked, it was, like, more and more shows popping up. I'm, like, people, if you're just a person who's just looking to go to see comedy, like, whatever, like, I don't know what I'm looking for. And it's you, you just getting thrown so much shit. So I'm like, all right, how can I try and get to people who's like, all right, throw more shit under the umbrella. It's just like, oh, I like syncopation yeah. is violent trio. Like, oh, shit. Like, they're doing a, a comedy show. Oh, let me see what that's about or whatever. Type shit. So try and pull different shit into it. And I've always had, like, a lot of varied interests. I was a musician before I was a comedian and shit. Yeah. You know, it's like, you know. I liked poetry and all this other stuff. I was like, you know, 
throw some different shit in there. No, it's a it's a good approach, and I I fuck with it, and it definitely makes me more yeah. interested in the shows that you throw or have thrown. Oh, I, that the another one I've, I we didn't talk about. I almost forgot to mention it because it was it's it's actually recent, but last Halloween I did a John. Um, so it was basically it was called a Harley meets a Joker. So mm-hmm. it was ten comedians. We're all vying for Harley Quinn's love. Yeah. Um, and I was like, basically, it's like Harley Quinn, played by me. Yeah. Just got out of the mental hospital. Uh, you know, so I'm coming from lived experience. Yeah. And um, she doesn't remember what the Joker looks like. Or, but she's like, if I hear one of him, his jokes, I'll know it's him. That was the premise yeah, of the show. Okay. And then the nigga who won did a whole set just talking about how thick I looked in the skirt I was wearing. He's Did just, you choose them or, or the crowd chose? Well, yeah, I want to make it fair. It's like, you know, sure, I'm not going to... Because I awarded money. It was, a, it was a grand prize. Okay, yeah. Uh, It was uh, $200 if you won. So it wasn't no, yeah. no little shit. It was like, all right, that's what I would have paid, like, all of these 10 comics to do, like, short sets yeah, yeah, together. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, instead of giving everybody a little 20-piece, it's like, boom, now you write five minutes and you might get yeah. 200 Nice joint, so, but he so, ain't really he ain't really write the jokes. He just he just said I had a nice ass and he got to I gave him I gave a nigga two hundred dollars to tell me I have a nice ass. So that's that tells you that tells you everything you need to know about me. That right there, that's the whole interview. You feel me? Like that's that's Charles Steele. Yeah, that was your favorite show. It was. So he just he was talking about my ass for a while, and I'm backstage. It was so crazy because if you've been to Philomoka, like there's not yeah you, you it's not like a backstage area. It's just like the room where he keeps like the chairs and shit, and like there's yeah. the like the electrical paint. Like it's not like a green room, green room. But I went in that little room, and I'm just standing there with the chairs, standing in the concrete, listening to this nigga talk about my ass, and I wanted like. And then I just came out, and I'm like, damn, he wasn't, like, he's not lying. Like, you can see the pictures. Yeah. Go on my Instagram, at Paula on her Dean. I was looking thick as shit. Like, he he never fucking lied. But, bro, why didn't you write any jokes? Like, the whole premise <laughs> of this is, like, you're supposed to come up with a whole set. And he was just, it's just, you just knew I was going to be looking right. Right, yeah. He knew I was going to have that shit on. Because what if, what if I was wearing, like, a baggy fit? No, I had... I had like the crop you skirt with the, you know what I mean? So he knew what I was about. Yeah, so that's like, I've noticed like a pattern you have a lot of theme shows. So you'll have mm-hmm. like that with like the Joker meets Harley or the dollar parties or the shame spiral where you have comedians come yeah. in and say, yeah, I'll be for you. They're ashamed of. Yeah, that's what I like. I like getting interviewed. Niggas reminding me what I. I <laughs> I forgot who I was. Like, no, yeah, yeah. Um, you gotta let me know so I can let them know. Like, yeah, damn, I did do all that shit. What was like Shots the craziest me. story that was told at the Shame Spiral? Oh wow, craziest story at the Shame Spiral. Because it's comedians telling stories about things they're ashamed of, right? This is true, but that's the thing. Is like we kind of do it in the oh. like it's kind of like group therapy rules like it kind of like what stays in that gotcha. it stays in that shame that's, spiral that's honestly great that's so great. so you just gotta pull up to the next one you gotta you gotta pull up when i do it be there 
because these comedians will embarrass it. Because comedians will already tell stories like that, but then yeah. when you tell them to tell it, the, when they really start scratching their head, be like, all right, what's the most embarrassing thing I've ever done? You're going to get some shit. Yeah. You're going to find out. You're going to... Nah, I was about to say too much, but yeah. Somebody... No, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Let me not reveal people's secrets, but I, I, he did seem genuinely sad when he was telling that story. Mm. But he's such a good comedian. He had everybody laughing, but I could tell it was taking him to a place. I was like, damn, bro. But I hope he gets therapy. Because they don't think my that set on my show is therapy, bro. You really need to, like, pay that copay Saturday, 11 a.m., you know. See Mr. Benowitz. You ever get heckled at your shows? Oh. Well, How my you, shows, less so. But just shows but in general? How just do you comedy in general. Deal with that? Uh, I try to be funnier than them. That's pretty much all you can do. Yeah. And just tell them to shut up, basically, in the nicest way. Or sometimes, if it's basically just like you want the rest of the crowd to be on your side. Because it's like, if a comedian gets like too focused on this one person and they feel like threatened by them in some way or like offended by them, and they like really get you. Because sometimes somebody say some shit that really gets to the comedian or whatever, and they just turn up on them. But if everybody else is looking at you like you crazy because you just, like, was doing too much, yeah, then it's like you've lost the entire crowd that's fucking up your set. So, I mean, shit be funny to me. Like, I actually got heckled the other night because I was on stage and I was talking about, uh, I was talking about some gay shit. Yeah. You know, I was talking about this, some experiences and, you know, life, bro. Living life. <laughs> I was just talking about living life. That's, that's what I thought I was doing. Yeah. And nigga said, you did what? <laughs> and everybody just started talking at once. That's what's fucked up. That hasn't happened to me in a minute. It was mostly, it was like half comedians in the room. Yeah. And then the other half was like a group of gay people who were like the last people. I showed up the comedy joint at like 1230 at night. Gotcha. So it was gotcha. like about to end. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I, I show up like, yo, can I get on real quick? And it was like, like a group of like, you know, gay people who were about to leave. Yeah. And I'm like, yo, stay for me. And I started talking about some gay shit. Yeah. Um, and they thought they got like offended thinking I was like making it up. Word, like they were word. like, No, you ain't really do that. Da, da, da. I'm like, my lie about sucking some dick. This is very serious. <laughs> it's a serious thing. This is really serious. For real. <laughs> That's one thing I'm not gonna play around with. <laughs> I'm not gonna play that. No, just serious. Play about the dick, so you know what I mean? So, but they, they got to finish. So everybody started kind of talking at once, and then you just had to. Sometimes you got to wait, and you got to get quiet on them for them to start listening. Different shit. Crazy. Yeah, some that gay shit, shit right crazy. here. Yeah, Don't play. Boy, yeah, that's, that's the stud love. They're shit bad as hell. Shot on the, on the, what's it called? Super turn. Yeah, super so, turn on Tubi. No, they're both very sexy. Let's see. See how they, they have better love? Because you wouldn't, no offense to Tory Hart, but you wouldn't want Tory Hart over them. <laughs> this is... No, this is crazy. She doing push-ups. Yeah. But she doing a... She as a stud, she, as a stud, you shouldn't be doing the girl push-ups. <laughs> like, let's be real. Why are you on your knees? <laughs> like, no. Get the fuck out, nigga. <laughs> Come on. Like, you know. Yo. Shouts to the studs. Nah, for real. Shout out to the studs. You ever get, like, rushed on stage or anything like that? <laughs> <laughs> Every nigga don't live Dave Chappelle's life. <laughs> Dave Chappelle. I'm trying to think. 
I feel like I've seen it happen to somebody. I don't think True. N- niggas would never dare drop me like that. No. <laughs> I've been like, actually, actually, a little bit. For real? Not so much rusted, rushed on stage. But remember, I told you the first couple of years, you know, niggas was kind of playing with it. Niggas was serious about it. So, you know, like maybe like two, three years into comedy, mm-hmm. I was going, I was performing at Warm Daddy's. If you ever use Jazz Club, uh, you're not from here. It was a jazz, jazz club or whatever. It's an old head uh, group. It's a bunch of like people. It was some like they were like a Def Jam comic or whatever, like come every week. Okay. So it might be like Guy Tory or something there one week. And, you know, Tony was there one week. Uh, Tommy Davidson, like these, these are the people who would come through. That's but uh, Toure, old head here in Philly, who, you know, would, you know, put on the OG. I'm just mean like in a derogatory sense, but really like, you know, godfather of the Philly scene. Gotcha. He would let you just, anybody just get a guest spot on that shit. And I know, because at the time I was anybody, I was just any nigga. Yeah. And he, he gave me some time and I was like 18. And I went up on that stage and I started bombing like shit to where everybody just started talking. Bro, I was just, what's going on with this nigga? Look at this young. And I just hear everybody start talking. I'm like, all right, I'm like, I would just, at the time, I wasn't taking shit like comedy seriously enough to be a like ashamed that that was happening. Yeah. So, I started going to my last joke, and my last joke at the time, I would sing. And so I started singing, <laughs> and I do this song. You know, yeah. it's, it was about a school talent show when I was like, it's a made up shit, but about me singing at the talent show, like my professing my love to some woman. Gotcha. Uh, well, you know, the fourth grader. You know, Puerto Rican girl, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She wasn't a woman, you know. So, but I'm singing. Creator, yeah. I start singing, and everybody started booing. Damn. So, mind you, I'm 18. This is a crowd full of like average age, like 45 year old black people. I'm like, like, like y'all, my aunties and uncles. Like, why y'all <laughs> booing me? Yeah. It's supposed to be like, oh, he did. Nah, go ahead, do your little dance, you know, whatever. Like, just let me get back to the kids' table. Like, no, nah, they really was like right at me, and the whole crowd just went up. So then, one of the hosts, this dude Buckwild, mm. um, came up on stage. But he was one of the hosts. It's not like you know yeah, anybody, yeah. but he just grabbed me and just walked me down the steps off the stage through the green room out into warm daddies through warm daddies along the bar everybody's dying <laughs> now niggas is oh, yo niggas, niggas the whole crowd is up and walks me out of the building into the cold in the winter yo he really walked you out damn but at the time i lived in the northeast and this is in south philly if you know anything about philadelphia geography that's just like as far apart as you can get. So, I wasn't just going to turn around and go back home. Yeah. And it's like a whole show after this that I wanted to watch. Like, you know, I, mean, I saw like Dick Gregory there one week. I'm not about oh, to miss shit. the show. Yeah, right. Damn. So, I just R. walked R. back in. You just walked back in? And then they was like, oh, this nigga got balls. Look at him. This nigga all the way in the back. Oh, this shit. <laughs> and then they joked about me for another 10 minutes. Yo, that's crazy. They did more material about how I bombed than me bombing. Damn. So Damn, yeah, that's a pretty pretty bad bomb. Yeah, that's the thing is that's not the worst. 
The worst be like when it's quiet. <laughs> when everybody's just mm, when people just don't want to make eye contact with you. Yeah, top top five comedians. Top five, top five. Um, personal. Yeah, personal. Yeah, for you, you personally. <sighs> top five is crazy because it's just like I feel like me especially. I watch more comedian comedians than the average like comic. Mm-hmm. I feel like most comics I know aren't into like the history as like they don't really go back like yeah because like someone I really love um I'm gonna just start naming people I love mm-hmm. ain't really no lists but the yeah. person I love is uh Moms Mabley um who is one of like arguably like the first stand up comic or at least in the first generation Word. who came out of like the Chitlin circuit. And she was born in, like, the late 1800s, you know, like, Reconstruction era. 14 years old, ran away from home to, like, just go be a fucking carny. Like, ran away with some family friends. And then was, like, and she gay. You know. It was just, yeah. She's hilarious. So, if you don't know Miles Mabley, check her out. As, like, where I we're sitting. Like I heard Miles Mabley, like, reference in the yeah. song. Oh, yeah, sure, for like, sure. For sure, this is classic. She um, she got like white famous or whatever mm-hmm. when she was like probably like fifty or something already. Like she was like an older woman when she got like yeah. white famous. But it was like she was known around the Chitlin circuit for years. She had the moniker Moms before she really was that old. So, um, it yeah, it was like it, we're we're sitting right now like the Uptown Theater. If you know about the Uptown. Think so. That's that's um, it's like a half mile from where we at now. Is um down over like near like Lehigh. They have like a sign for it out front, right? Right, right. This is that was like our Apollo Theater sign. here yeah. in Philly. Gotcha. So, like, I think what is what is it like the Howard Theater for y'all down like Washington? Oh, yeah. yeah. So, but yeah, so that was our shit. Uh, of course, it's not here now. Uh, Snakes don't care about history, so. <laughs> Nobody wanted, like, a bunch of different groups have tried to preserve it, and, like, they have the facade, like, you can't tear it down, I guess, because it's a landmark, but, yeah. like, I feel like it should be a fully functional zone, but yeah, as it gets more gentrified farther up north, they'll end up rebuilding it for the white people. Yeah, so, you know, condos. So, you know, well, no, so Maroon 5 can come play there, and, like, the, the history five. of the, the fucking Chitlin circuit, you know what yeah. I mean? Um... But she recorded some of her albums at the Uptown, like the one where it's like live at the Playboy Club, because back in the day, like, if you were black, that was like, that was kind of like the stamp back in the day, because he would let black performers into his clubs. Like, Dick Gregory had a live at the Playboy Club, I believe, and shit like that. So, the side B, though, to live, or her live at the Playboy Club is actually here in Philly at the Uptown. Um, So... Yeah, so she did a couple joints in Philly. I love, she just, you know, it's a southern kind of humor to it, too. Like, the character she does on stage, like, is she's doing, like, character comedy back in the... Like, all this shit, that's another thing. When niggas look back, so much of the shit that they think is, like, innovative, it's like, niggas was really doing that, yeah. like, back in the day. It's like niggas in the 30s who was doing this shit, and you trying to, like... Everything is just comes Six in a cycle. Four, yeah. So yeah, it's just um but yeah, mom's Mabley. That's one. Um 
Uh, Chappelle was the first stand-up I ever saw. Uh, I I wish he was this layoff of all the trans shit. Yeah, so, he's really uh, just fully leaned into it every special. It's like, crazy. Watching it, like, from the Netflix series, and, like, I just watched a recent one, he's really just, like, escalated. And I feel like the last one, he, like, didn't spend, dedicate as much time, but he still, like, made a point to, like, right, yeah. talk about trans people and make trans shows. Yeah, no, it's just, like, I don't know. It's It just <laughs> feels, like, overly contrarian in a way that I feel like wasn't like his early shit i think it's better because it's like counterculture yeah and i feel like this is less counterculture and it's like at a certain point it's like no nah, i'm making that you're just the old head talking that old head shit yeah and i feel like just culturally we've moved past for the need for a lot of his ideas mm-hmm. i don't think that means he's not funny and I feel like the way he goes about it is, like, still, like, kind of funny as far as, like, setting up the jokes and, like, the timing of... But that's what I'm saying, yeah, like... About. It's, like, the mechanics in, like, a stylistically, of it. like, good way, but it's just, like, the... I guess the content type shit. Or well, just yeah. the fact that he's, like, beef, like, actively beefing or trying to beef with them, the trans community. Because it's, at a certain point, all this, like, comedy shit, like, it's math to a certain extent, like... True the formula to like that's all it is is you know yeah. like the setup punch or whatever so it's like he knows exactly what his jokes are like and has that formula down and has had that formula down for decades so it's yeah. like the nigga is funny it's hilarious it's one of the like he's mastered his craft yeah but um yeah he just it's like nigga, just shut up with the old head shit like um and there's like more important things to be talked about like, even yeah. culturally, there's so much happening right now. That's a fact. That it's like, to just be talking about the trans shit is kind of wild. After the, the cat interview, I've been re-watching cat shit. No one in the, this modern era, I won't say no one, but it's few people who have that level of physicality in their jokes. Like, the way he acts out a joke. There was a, a Spike Lee directed sure. special he did. Uh, called Priceless Afterlife. He got up on his stool and he was like swimming. Yeah. And then Spike Lee did like a crane shot around him as it was so cinematic in a way that you don't see in a special. And he, yeah, so he's like the, the master of that shit. But to do Facts. be that physical and then write some of the best well-written jokes because a lot of the like niggas is like, I know a lot of people were like, oh, I'm a great joke writer or like I'm very physical and I have a lot of very animated and all that kind of stuff, and the personality comes over. Yeah. But he's that special because he has just all those pieces of the puzzle. So um, him, Hannibal was very big for Mm -hmm. me, especially, like, when I started. Um, Gerard was very big for me when I started. Uh, Probably one of the biggest. Uh, It's probably the most influential in my style. I'm trying to actually, like, actively try to break away from that because in high school – I had a tablet where I like downloaded like like maybe five comedy specials for like any time like my Wi-Fi would go out like yeah. if niggas ain't paid a bill I would just watch those specials right and uh, love at the store uh, Gerard's first special was one of them ones so his first special is crazy because he came in the game crazy but that's that's the one on HBO right that's the HBO one yeah but well he had two HBO ones but that was the first one yeah yeah 
But you got to think, like, he was, like, three, four years into comedy when that film, like... Word. He... he because a lot of people were like, oh, uh, where does nigga come from? Like, he just he just started or whatever type shit. So, when you just starting, that's when you're saying the most wild shit. Yeah. And you just throwing anything at the wall. Like, yeah. So, I feel like he, you know, not to say that it, I mean, I guess it's for him to say that whether he, like, came into his own stylistically or whatever. But it is just like when you start, you just start saying the most edgelord shit. Definitely. Which I think was like for a special that came out in 2014, very of the moment. Um, for sure. I rewatched that like uh, two years ago or something like yeah. that. And I was like, damn. There was some funny shit in there. Hit. Yeah. Um, Spike Lee had beef with him low key because of that. Because he, he didn't want the, uh, I think it was the Trayvon Martin joke that's in there. Mm-hmm. Like Spike Lee didn't like it and they like beefed over it. But he's like, nah, I'm gonna do the joke. And is Spike Lee direct? The, yeah, that's the, the first one too. Yeah, I've. Oh, yeah, that's cool. I have um mixed feelings about Spike Lee directing uh, stand-up specials. I was I just think. gonna say, I feel like he's been involved in a few stand-up specials. Cause well, I think it's cause he did original Kings of Comedy, but that's just cause um, at the moment it was like he's the big black director. Yeah. So it's like you go get Spike, but it's like he was. There was just shit in the... I'm going to have to rewatch it because my friend was pointing out some things about it. But there's just a lot of shit where I just feel like he's being too much of a director and it's not serving the stand-up. Yeah, the comedian at all. Like, you got to be kind of like... I don't know. You got to be utilitarian. In some aspects, it's just like... Just basic shit so it doesn't distract from the jokes. When like I feel like he does stuff that distracts from it sometimes. It's, I, y'all gonna go through hell editing this. I'm sorry. I'm yeah, wrong. We like shit. Um, Gerard, Hannibal, Dave Chappelle. I'm gonna go Maria Bamford. I just started her audio book because <laughs> niggas ain't getting the Barnes and Nobles yet. I'm gonna get there. I'm gonna, I'm gonna purchase it just so you mean? Yeah. They don't even it. be making money off that like that because the the book publishers be buying up a bunch of your books anyway just to say you sold a bunch. It's like, everything is bullshit anyway. Everything is bullshit. So, sure. anyway, but she's one of my favorites. Um, as a person who has bipolar, she's very, like, she's, like, probably the biggest comedian in this era, like, with bipolar. So, it's, like, Wait. to it's very, not only just, like, her style and her writing was inspiring, but just, like, you know, the story and the blah, blah, blah. And yeah, all that. So, yeah. Maria, I'm trying to think who's really important to me. I guess, um, starting out, the biggest comics were like Kevin and Louie. So, I mean, Louie jerked off on a bunch of people, and then Kevin yeah. stopped being funny. But they were very interesting. Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that guy. Yeah, I want to go see his special at the uh, at the link. Which one? It was at Lincoln Finance, like the football field here. I mean, the the which special, like the most recent special? No, no, he he no. This was 2015. Got you. This is like the height. Yeah. So this is like boom. He was the first like stand up to do like a football field. It was like a big deal. So that was hype. But then it like jaded me because then I saw like how you film a special, and it's like. And this has happened to other specials too, but it's just like, 
those crowd reaction shots, which is why I like they should really use them. So this is like that's going. They only have so many cameras to use to shoot this. Yeah, and they can't be shooting the whole entire crowd the entire time because that'd be like kind of a waste of footage. Yeah, and then like the lighting is affected or whatever, and all this because you might need to like change the lighting or whatever. Yeah, yeah. um, depending on so they would just fake all the like audience shots. So, and a lot of these specials, if you just see somebody laugh, like that's probably like a, different a director's not even a different show, but a director literally being like or audience coordinator being like. Oh, uh, give me like a medium laugh, or now that this one's like really, really funny. You're just falling out. What to the crowd? Yeah, we're out of time. That's crazy. We still got this scammer going. Oh yeah. Listen, I'm gonna just talk to y'all real quick. I'm gonna, I'm gonna just spit it to y'all. Um, my name is Charles Steele. Uh, my Instagram is Paula on her dean. Cause mm. I'll be whipping it up in the kitchen. I'm on that. Wait, I'm gonna come in again. Wait, hold up. Leave, leave this part in now. Yeah, no, we, we leave it. Yo, my name is Charles Steele. You know what I mean? Um, I'm working on a half hour comedy special. Um, we're gonna record that February 10th at Space 1026, right next to the Met here in Philly, Broad Street. You know what I mean? Philly shit. If you want to support a young up and coming uh, Philly comedian, filmmaker, uh, producer, curator, all of these things, um, educator, let's throw an educator in there. You know, you know, coming a community alley shit. You know, uh, follow me at Paula on her dean. Uh, L O H Philly. Make sure you follow that too. And that's that's all right. That's we got it. more space. If you want to. You mean, and then all right, I just told y'all, y'all know, y'all know, but they don't know on this camera. (laughs) So I'm going to have to tell them on the other, can you feel me? You mean, y'all, my name is Charles Still. This is the smallest microphone I don't ever work with. You know, I got a small mic, but I'm doing big things. You feel me? At Paula on her dean, at LOH Philly, February 10th, right next to the Met. We, you know, we filming that half hour comedy special coming right at you. North Philly shit. Live from North Philly. You mean? All that. Filming a comedy special right next to the Rich and Island Projects. We can't, you can't put this in. You can't put this in. Because niggas in Philly will <laughs> actually know my street credit and be like, nigga, you are so goofy. Why are you doing this yet again? No, all right. But yeah, no, my name's Charles. Uh, you know, at Paula on her dean. Come on, you gotta hold the shit steady. Come on now. Uh, at Paula on her dean. At LOH Philly, proprietor of Look Over Here, the brand, the movement. Um, what more can I say? <laughs>